Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. A, 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 a Giants podcast for Giants fans. By Giants fans. It's Sean Morash and Paul Dottino. Down the sideline, into the end zone. From the offseason, through the wins and the losses, it's time to take one, one, one giant, giant step, step. All right, welcome into One Giant Step, a WFAN and Odyssey exclusive product, your weekly podcast centering around the New York Giants. I am, of course, your host, your host, not a horse. Sean Morash. Boy, if only I could talk, that'd be nice. Joining me from John Boy Media and Talking Giants, which, you know, number one in the Giants podcast rating charts, number one in your hearts. Bobby Skinner, part of Talking Giants, Talking Giants versus the world. Bobby, what's up, man? How are you? I'm good. Uh, it just kind of hit me like you have like kind of the space theme with the one giant step name. I live on the space coast. Like the, sh- the shuttles, the rockets, everything goes up right in my backyard. So. Okay, so like let, appropriate. let's start with this, Bobby. A much behind-the-scenes stuff here with One Giant Step and Odyssey. You are staring. If you're watching this on YouTube, by the way, again, check out WFN's YouTube page. You were staring at the logo here of One Giant Step with the Martian. If I did not ask you to be on this, if you had never heard of me and never heard of this and this popped up, would you know that this is a football podcast or would this strictly be a space podcast? A space podcast. Thank you. Thank you. That is a big, big debate. Can we get, uh, you know, a face mask on the astronaut? Can we plant uh, some goalposts on the moon? But instead, maybe Bobby's just going to talk us to break us down rocket launches there on the space. Have you ever seen a rocket launch while you've been living over there? Like, yeah, like you, I mean, I've went when John Glenn went up in the shuttle was like the closest I ever got to it um, because we, that was like such a big ordeal. But like, I can walk out front and see them go off. And now that they land the boosters back with mm-hmm. uh, with SpaceX, 
if you're close enough and I've been there and you don't real because it happens so often, like you're not, it's not, right. You're not always paying attention to it. It sounds like a bomb exploding. Like the first time I heard oh, it, boy. like I thought someone put off a bomb in Cocoa Beach. So yeah, I've seen them. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. Like every space thing on Netflix I've watched. Okay. So you're into it. See, like, obviously, you know, you were born in what, New Jersey. So you get it up here in New York, right? Like people who aren't from here or is like, wow, how many times do you go to the Empire State Building? How many times do you go to the Statue of Liberty? Basically never. I've never stepped foot near the Statue of Liberty in my life. You living on the Space Coast, is that a big deal where like you're saying you're all into all the space stuff on Netflix where, you know, something's going up. I don't, I don't know how often they do it. That's a big deal still on the Space Coast? No, it's, it's not. Uh, like you don't have like, I mean, like the NASA visit thing, I I've been actually been we've been wanting to go and do like a, a visit. I haven't done it since I was in like school. Like in school, you go and do the tours and stuff. Right. My middle school got banned from there for touching things they weren't supposed to touch after being directly told like not Willy to touch. Wonka? Basically, like we they we they like literally halfway through the field trip, they're like, We're kicking your school out of here. Um and how much so, of that was your fault? Um Actually, I wasn't. I mean, we were messing around, but there was there was some like even worse kids that were just oh, wow. going off. So it's it's definitely it's definitely the same as like New Yorkers like not going to the Empire State Building and all that stuff. Bobby Skinner, of course, from Talking Giants and John Boy Media. All right, Bobby. So let's sink our teeth into it. it. Is draft month? We're gonna have guests on every single week. Last week talked to Rick Saratella, NFL Draft Bible. This week I wanted to get Bobby Skinner on because, in my opinion, Bobby, you are. I think the best when it comes to anybody around Giants media, and look, you guys can spin it any way you want to talk in Giants. You are, despite no credentials in a game, a member of the media in your own right, and you know basically the way it goes on. But the way you break down tape on a weekly basis, daily basis, I mean, honestly, nobody I think would have any idea what they were talking about the Giants offensive line if it wasn't for watching your game breakdown, your offensive line breakdowns. Uh, you know, looking at this offseason, and now before we get to the draft, let's talk about what they just did. They go on a free agency slash trade spree, so to speak, but didn't overdo themselves the way they did in 2016. They end up plugging a couple huge needs while leaving some needs out there that, you know, maybe one more opening in center. When you talk about the two biggest additions they had, which are obviously linebacker and stopping the run and Bobby O'Karake, and of course, pass catcher and getting the tight end and Darren Waller, who's an all world tight end, but although is not the wide receiver we were all looking for, which do you think will have the greatest impact on the Giants uh, as we enter 2023? So it's, it's tough because I think, Without Waller, the Giants' offense could be sustainable. And without Okereke, the Giants, depending on what they did in the draft, but let's just say the draft gets eliminated, they don't add any new players, the Giants' defense would not be sustainable. Like, they had the worst linebacker core in the NFL. They were, like, the worst in yards per carry allowed. Like, it was it was pitiful what their run defense was. So you could say that. But at the same time, offense is more important. And Darren Waller is the better player. And like Darren Waller gives you a guy like okay we can game plan around this guy on offense so I'm gonna I'm gonna say Darren Waller and honestly that's the win now move out of the two like Bobby Okereke yeah. even if they were restarting and not resigning Daniel Jones not franchise tagging Saquon Barkley and they didn't make the playoffs this year you're still signing Bobby Okereke like nothing from last year uh, like they're not moving up the schedule to sign Okereke. Darren Waller is very much a, hey, we just signed Daniel Jones. We need to get some pieces around him. 
and so I'll say Dan uh, Darren Waller just because offense can be a little more important for week to week success. Yeah, and the corny cliche answer is both. Both are such a huge impact, which is obviously the case, right? I mean, the Giants win nine games last year. They did hit a little bit of that rut in the second half, but when you walked away from the season, we were all screaming and yelling about how Daniel Jones doesn't have any weapons, and then we were also screaming and yelling about how terrible the linebacker play was. So I think right off the bat, an enormous win for Joe Shane to get two impact players, one on each side of the ball in an enormous area of need, but... If we just screamed and yelled about how Daniel Jones needs weapons and they pay him the way they paid him, which I think he deserved to get that money. I'm a little and I want to ask you about Daniel Jones in a second. But when they do that, we can't go into next year leaving more excuses for Daniel Jones. It's got to be, hey, you're paid now on an average of 40 million dollars a year. You're being paid to make plays. You have Darren Waller as a big weapon, and we'll get into some of the wide receivers they added as well. That's why it's huge. I mean, he is, I mean, they had a Pro Bowl talent type of guy, and we'll see if that helps Saquon. If Saquon, you know, hopefully agrees to that franchise tag uh, and doesn't try to play any games. But, you know, all of that being said, it's hard for me not to say it's Darren Waller. Now, with that, I brought up what they did at the wide receiver position. The Giants still at this moment have not added a true number one wide receiver. You, Bobby, from listening to Talking Giants as well, you know, you don't necessarily love the guy, but I think you see the upside in a Paris Campbell for this offense. I think more so than maybe fringe giant fans who just look at Paris Campbell and his injury plague tenure with the Indianapolis Colts and wonder, geez, what is this really going to be brought to the table? Your, what are your thoughts on Paris Campbell? Do you think that that was the most important signing for this team at the wide receiver position? Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Uh, I actually want to, let me touch up on one more thing on Waller that kind of hit sure. me before I finish my point. Is It's going to be very exciting to see what Waller does in this scheme with Daniel Jones. Like Evan Ingram went to the Jaguars this year and everyone said, wow, he had a breakout year, had the best year of his career. That's mm-hmm. false. 2019 was Evan Ingram's best year on a per game basis, but he missed some time, uh, you know, missed towards the end of the year. Like Evan Ingram was having a phenomenal 2019 season. It, to me, it's Pat his Shermer's best season. Offense. Yeah, right. and Pat Shermer's offense, and then Jason Garrett, and then that offense didn't really fit anybody besides Sterling Shepard. Um, and even then, Shepard could do better than another offense. So, like Darren Waller, who is much more of a, a much more better player. Than Evan Ingram, like I'm excited to see what they can do with that. But Paris Campbell, so the contract, I like the contract because there's so many per game bonuses. So like if he misses the season, this contract ends up being almost nothing, right? 
Like if right. he has the exact same year last season, which was his most productive season, it's a five million dollar contract. So it's it's pretty it's pretty damn cheap. Um, I'll be interested to see what they do with him though, because he can play on the outside. Like he's you know he's six one. Uh, and I think they're gonna play him a lot on the outside. I you really can argue that he plays were. better on the outside because but yeah. he's been so injured his career. Every year he's swapped from playing mostly on the outside to the slot. And then this past year when he was finally fully healthy, he played mostly in the slot. But he's not like – his best plays are not from like those typical slot, like little quick game stuff. It's kind of on the outside using his speed and, uh, you know, ability to work on the sideline. So it'll be interesting to see what they use for him. But you can also see a land where this guy's not even starting week one, right? Because like Slayton is a, is a bona fide starter. They might have Hodges ahead of him. And then if they draft someone like Zay Flowers at pick 25, like Campbell could be a depth piece and his contract is so incentive-based that it's kind of a win either way. It's like if he doesn't play, the contract's very cheap. And if he does play and produces, well, then you got a player who uh, played and produced. Now, he's going to play a lot regardless, but like he may not be one of the top three wide receivers to start week one. And I, and I think that's what they've done at the wide receiver position because – and we'll get into the draft in a couple moments here, but – I think they've at least given themselves insurance where you don't feel like they have to be the most desperate of teams at 25 specifically in the first round to go, we need to get our wide receiver, right? Obviously, Darren Waller is the big pass catcher, but Campbell, even to a lesser extent, Jamison Crowder, although I could argue that might be more for, you know, punt returns and making sure you have somebody back there. But they, Sterling Shepard, you bring him back, I don't know how much you could really invest in that or, or think he's going to be there, but at least they have a bunch of bodies. They have warm bodies with pulses at wide receiver that would make you feel like they could get by for a year the way these deals are structured with the amount of shorter wide receivers they added let me ask you this too because you guys broke this all down last year coming out what do you think the realistic expectations for Wandell Robinson are in this offense next year because I think he could be the biggest wild card to the entire team well that's what like there's kind of a log jam in this wide receiver group and it's like yeah it's Sterling Shepard on the minimum contract's nice yeah, Paris Campbell on a cheap contract's nice. Yeah, James Jameson Crowder, I won't even I won't even put him into the factor. I think he's a, like in case in case of emergency type guy if, if everyone gets hurt, which has happened recently for the Giants. But it's like what is the plan for these guys, right? Because Paris Campbell, while I did mention he had some good stuff on the outside, they may have two guys ahead of him with Slayton and Hodges on the outside, and they may well, draft and, someone and, ahead of him. And, Bobby, and in the slot, finish. they drafted Wondell Robinson, the third pick ever of Joe Shane. Was Wandale Robinson? It's like I don't know what the plan is exactly for these guys. And Wandale coming off a torn ACL was already someone who needed work to his game, and his value was like, well, he's more athletic. He can do some more explosive stuff with the ball. Can he do that with a torn ACL? And he's not great at he, like he still needs to get better at like the the down in down out wide receiver stuff at a five foot eight slot only type guy. Yeah, and what I was gonna say there is, you know. Maybe I have the Joe Judge stench on me, and maybe this is too old school an approach as a Giant fan to think about the team and the roster building, but I look at all these wide receivers. Whatever happened to the mantra of once you get past like the first two to three wide receivers on the roster, they all better contribute on special teams. I mean, right now, Darius Slayton still could be your number one wide receiver. That's the guy who can still run and gun a little bit. Last year, you saw him you know, at least try to make the team that way because he wasn't really a special team or his whole career. Who the heck is playing special teams in this wide receiver group? They all just feel like wide receivers. And how many of those kinds of guys can you carry where they give you absolutely nothing other than Crowder on punt returns at the at the special teams level? 
yeah, they're kind of in a similar situation to last year where they started the season with six wide receivers and none were special teams guys. I mean, the start of last year, they had Galladay, non-special teams, Wandale, not Shep. Um, Slayton was Tony. in. Right. David Sills and then Tony. Yeah, like none of those guys were special. David Sills might have got a special team rep here or there, but he's not a, he wanted, he probably wasn't good at it. So, yeah, I guess they're going to have to value looking at the, uh, for those guys in other positions um, and get by with it. But, you know, one of their guys, you know, who got the most like special team snaps for them last year? He was a starting player, I believe, in Julian Love. Like, I'm pretty sure he got the most special teams snaps. And then, so is there a starter that they're using that's getting a lot of those reps? You know, I guess whoever they start opposite Xavier McKinney could be that role. So, but I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't break down special teams. I don't know how they work I, exactly. No, I know. And I'm not making, trying to make a half an hour of this about special teams. I just found that part interesting when it comes to the wide receiver room. All right, now let's go ahead. This is draft month, right? Everyone's to sink their teeth into draft talk. You guys over at talking giants have done a great job. I heard the spot with Nick Filato talking about the mid to late round picks, uh, obviously breaking down some of those guys. We did a little of the same stuff with Rick Saratella last week. All right. This is the, the biggest question I think as we transition over is where do you value best player available versus need? Because I think that the general lazy answer, and maybe it's not lazy, maybe it's just truthful is best player at a position of need, right? I think we understand that they're not going to take a tackle in the first round. They're not going to take a quarterback in the first round. They better not take Bijan Robinson for as good as he is in the first round. I, I can't go running back again. I think Joe Shane knows that. So I think that's probably what they do, but they have some pretty significant needs. Wide receiver one we talked about, but do you force a wide receiver one if one isn't there? Cornerback is a position we could talk about. Art Stapleton, our buddy, is tweeting about how Cordell Flott, you know, don't write him off as CB2 on this team next year. And, of course, we know the biggest glaring positional need on the roster right now is for a starting center. So how do you balance need versus best player when it comes to, you know, the home run picks of rounds one and two? So it's easier said than done, but I am, especially the more best player available is it's the way to go because strengths turn into weaknesses quick and weaknesses turn into strengths quick. Like it's crazy how roster building, how often it swaps, you know, and this team is so young into this new regime. They have so many positions, positions of need that like I, there's, like you said, you within reason, they're not taking a quarterback attack or a running back. Uh, right. in the first two rounds you know they might take a running back in round three uh but i i go best player available like i'm not forcing wide receiver one like i like i like a guy like zay flowers but if kalijah can the defensive tackle out of pit is there like i'm probably taking can't over him because i i think that guy's going to be a great football player in the nfl i don't necessarily know if he'll fall to 25 uh but I, for them this this team and i and I, i'm i actually do a draft day speech every year and it's actually about this about how focusing on need in the in the in the short term unless you unless you are like a Super Bowl contender right now which the Giants aren't to me is short-sighted like if the Giants come out of this wide this draft with a without a wide receiver everyone will lose their mind right yes for sure well for what sure. happens if the first four players pick end up signing second contracts with the Giants four years from now and they got a wide receiver one next year of like, course. Is, is, any, is anyone complaining so there's going to be tiebreakers, but for the most part, it's got to be best player available because that's what this is about, is drafting guys who you think can be on this team for six to ten years. Yeah, there's no doubt. And by the way, for any Giant fan listening that you know wants to kick and scream and yell and talk about how you can't just take the best player if you have a position loaded, there, I'm going to give you two guys who ended up being really good picks for the Giants. One a good pick, one a great pick. 
Matthias Kiwanuka and Jason Pierre-Paul. The Giants had, in theory, starting pass rushers both times they took those guys. When you think about the tucks and the OCs and the stray hand before that when they took Kiwanuka, and both of those guys paid off. So when you mention a guy like Clancy to D-tackle, don't freak out. You know, on that note, if they happen to get a falling situation and take him at 25 as a D-tackle, uh, and I know that you and Justin on Talking Giants have talked about this scenario a lot. Do you think that could be a spot where Leonard Williams would get cut post-draft? No, because I think he's too valuable of a player. Like, you're, you have $20 million of dead cap. You're saving $12 million. The Giants have made their free agency signings. They really don't need more. They don't really need any money to sign their draft class right now. Right now, they need money to maneuver the season. You know, like you need about, you know, four to five million dollars to maneuver through the season so if they have to add a void year to his contract of five million dollars to get through the season i'd much rather do that than cut lenny williams with a 20 million dollar dead cap hit i do wonder though if that's part of the reason they haven't done anything with leonard williams yet maybe not even to cut him but maybe on the set on the scenario where they simply don't want to you know extend him in any way slash void years kick any money anywhere down the road and just literally leave the contract as is with Leonard Williams and cut him after this following year should they upgrade more at the defensive tackle position like I, I honestly that there has to be a reason they have yet to do anything there well, yeah and like listen I would love to extend Leonard Williams it's a lot easier said than done Leonard Williams does is not gonna He's like, got to right? He, he's gonna he's gonna try and get the biggest contract he can possibly get. And if a guy like Javon Hargrave at 30 years old just got 20 million dollars, 21 million dollars a year, and Leonard Williams is currently playing on an average annual value of 21 mil a year coming off of 2020, he ain't paying he's not playing for less, he's not taking an extension for less than that. Maybe he loses that gamble and goes into the open market next offseason and doesn't get that or has an injury riddle season that stops him. But if I'm him, I'm betting on myself and I Listen, I, I want to be with the Giants, but if you're going to extend me, like that's where the number starts is at 21 mil. I'm not taking the pay cut the next few years as the cap explodes. So I, I think it's ended. I think it's, it's, this is all going to end with $5 million of void money being added from someone's contract. And that could even be Daniel Jones. It's like Daniel Jones's contract is, is, huh. is there's money to be moved around with but yeah. that's where i think Sean it's all... watson already in cleveland they're already yeah around like them. these contracts are made and and to add those void years there's nothing that like you can't ha you don't have to have the player agree with it like they literally can they just tell them hey we're doing this and it's done so the most the position i'm most interested in heading into the draft and the position i really at my gut feel like will be addressed in the first round at pick 25 if not a trade back is the cornerback position uh i mentioned a little while ago i I think that there is a chance Cordell Flott is the most interesting player in camp this year that it won't be a rookie. And what I mean by that is you come in, I think we saw flashes. He needs to bulk up in the weight room. He was covering A.J. Brown late in games. Uh, I think that the Giants will address the cornerback position early, but I think they have big plans for Cordell Flott as well. And I think that if you really, you know, spun this wheel and spun forward, I think there's a good chance that in 2024, your opening day cornerbacks, forget the slot for a second, uh, on the outside are going to be flat and whatever rookie they take this year. But, you know, where do you stand on the corner room? Do you think that that is a reasonable expectation when you look up and down and look at all the mock drafts at 25? Uh, and on top of that, you know, your expectations for Cordell Flock, kind of a convoluted corner question I want to throw at you. Yeah, it's a it's a good corner class so like I, I can even if they love flaw there's still a need there um 
What will be interesting with Cordell Flott is where do they play him? Because he played outside this year, but coming out of college, he was a slot corner. Right. right? Detino is upset for the record. Detino is obsessed with everything he's watched in camp and swearing up and down that he is not going to be a nickel corner in this league. He's going to play the outside with the Giants as long as he's with Wake Martindale. So the Giants have drafted nickel corners in the third round three years in a row, or Darnay was in the fourth round with Darnay, Aaron Robinson, and, and Cordell Flott. Um, Flott was the only one where it's like, I can see this guy being successful on the outside. Darnay was a hard, has to play in the nickel, even though he played outside corner in college. Aaron Robinson was like, maybe he could get by on outside, but he's going to bring his value in the nickel. And then Flott was like, he's kind of got the length, the speed, the range uh, to play that outside. But I, I can't put any expectations on it, right? Like, like, yeah. like you said, it's a big if. Like, I don't know. It is know. a big if. And but, I, don't know, I, can't, but. I, don't, I can't project. I don't know if I can project Cordell Flott appropriately because we could have some excitement for him now, and then it's week three, and we're talking about a, a liability out there too. But I got to think when you spend, and this is gonna, the same thing is going to go for Josh Azuda at the guard position, which I know you've broken down a lot of film on and look at. When you spend – you know, we may not look at at round three as anything crazy and great, but GMs view that as a guy that they think will be a starter for this team. And by the way, they should view it that way. Otherwise, why are you taking a guy in that round? You know, ha- I know Cordell Flott was really young, really raw. I mean, he's only got four years on a rookie deal. You take somebody like that in the third round, it starts to feel like a little bit of a busted pick if by the end of year two, you're not even attempting to have this guy be a starting player on your team. Yeah, that's why my question is, is he on the outside or in the nickel corner? Like, he, I think he will be starting week one next year, but it's like nickel would be a little bit of an easier lift, and that's what he played in college, you know? Right. Um, and, and nickel corner is, is – it's a very valuable position. Like, if you have a guy – It is who, a starting position. Yeah, it, it's – if you can play – if you have, like, have that outside length and can move with those guys in the nickel corner spot, like, it's, it's super, super valuable. I guess the the one flaw with him would be like, well, nickel corners are basically like linebackers now in the run game, and Flawed is, you know, 170 pounds, but he also like plays the run pretty well. He's just is going to get bullied whenever he gets put on a block. So I don't know. He is my he's the biggest like boomer bust player on on the Giants roster right now. Like Azudu, I have manageable expectations for him. We saw some growth throughout the year. Obviously, he had the neck in, neck injury, so we'll see how that affects him. Flawed is like the I can't tell you. Like he could be, we could be super excited about him, or we can be. Giants fans might be calling for him to be benched in week four. Bobby, you're as I mentioned at the beginning, really great with offensive line breakdown. For any of our listeners who are hitting the panic button, seeing Nick Gates and John Feliciano walk here at the center position, uh, how deep is the value at center in this draft? Um, John Michael Smith out of Minnesota is pretty damn good. Uh, but he might fall on that like too rich for 25, not there at 57 type guy. The guy I have my eye on is Ricky Strongberg from Arkansas. I did a video on him. I really like him, and he's got some stuff he needs to fix as a pass blocker, but I think he like is going to fix those things as long as he puts in the work and in the run game. I mean, he like, he has the best, like out of outside of John Michael Smith's, he's the best run blocking center in the in the draft that I've watched so far. Like I know everyone loves Joe Tipman, the guy from Wisconsin. Not yeah. a big fan of his. Ricky Stromberg is kind of like my guy. And you see him projected like third and fourth round. So you can kind of get him for a reasonable deal. I'm not going to put him in start. Uh, I'm not going to have him start right away. But Stromberg kind of seems like the guy who fits the mold of what centers are in today's NFL too. 
And that's see, you just said a key word. I can't see him starting right away. So look, if the Giants are not going to take a guy who can start right away, then in essence, what do they do? Are they playing Ben Bredesen at center? Uh, are they bringing back Shane Lemieux to play center? I don't know how you could trust either of those guys to stay healthy for a full 17-game season here. So I, I think that is going to be a little bit of a cause for concern in the draft. Are they taking a little bit of a project guy, and that's going to be the long-term center? But how do you address knowing that you're going to be locked up at center, a very important position for this team, a team that expects to contend for the playoffs as early as September here to start the season? I mean, it's it just has to be Bredesen, right? Like, it's not a fun, it's not a good answer. And Bredesen put up good film. Like, Bredesen's better, the best guard they have on the roster right now. Like, he's miles better than Mark Lewinsky. Azuda, we'll see how he grows, but you want to give him a shot. Like, Bredesen is your best interior offensive lineman right now. The issue is he's had these weird injuries where he misses time. Like, even, even in 2021, where he didn't really play, it's like every time the guy came in the lineup, he got hurt. And then Shane Lemieux, who like had some hope from going into last year and then got the foot injury and then re-injured it when he did play uh, that one game, was a guy who didn't miss a single game, was a four-year starter at Oregon, and then has gotten injured in three of the last three times he's put on the Giants uniform. So there's no really easy answer. The The, the best answer would be draft a guy like John Michael uh, Smiths, but... I don't know if that's going to be the right thing for them to do in round one. And I don't think he's going to be there in, uh, in round two unless they're the trade up. So you kind of have to live with, hey, this team has so many flaws that you can't go into this draft expecting to plug every hole for the 2023 season. Like this season is not going to be perfect. There's going to be bad spots on the scene. There is going to be flaws. And you can't just you can't just go you can't go into the draft and be like, Wide receiver, corner, center, fix for the yeah. next five years. Like you got to hit on the right players and can't reach. All right, Bobby, let's let's close with this. And again, this is Bobby Skinner from Talking Giants and John Boy Media. You can follow him on Twitter at Bobby Skinner underscore. All right, Bobby. The last couple of years, let's just kind of revisit where we were on the first round of the draft. The last couple of years, last year, uh, I was part of the FAN show at FanDuel Sportsbook. And I remember. You know, leaving there as the Giants surprise us and take Kayvon Thibodeau at five. Didn't feel like the kind of Giants player, certainly not the player Dave Gettleman would have taken. We all loved it, of course. I mean, because anybody who watched college football knew how great Kayvon Thibodeau was. Uh, and they chose to wait on an offensive tackle until their second first round pick in which they went with Evan Neal. Two years ago, um, we were stunned when they actually traded back and they end up taking Kadarius Tony a little bit later on. I feel like we're in back-to-back -back years with somewhat being slightly surprised. Now, that's harder to do when you're picking as late as 25. But do you think that the Giants' first-round spot when 25 comes up, maybe we're surprised by a trade, maybe it's very cookie-cutter, do you think it's you know flashy and we're like, wow, I can't believe they just did this, or do you think it's going to be very straight line, just follow those names falling off the bottom of the board, Best available is going to come off, and it's going to be basically a cookie-cutter type of draft night for the Giants. We really have nothing to – I guess we do because, like, Kayvon and Evan Neal, like, those are picks that 31 out of 32 GMs probably would have would have made last, last right. year. But we were uh, surprised in round two. And round three and round four. Yeah. So uh, I think we're going to get some cookie-cutter. I got – like if you ask me who's going to be the pick at twenty five, I'd say Zay Flowers, and I think that's right around the range he goes. It fits a need. It fits what they look for in wide receivers. If you look at their you know history going back to Buffalo, I think I think it's going to be Zay Flowers at pick twenty five. So I 
you can't yeah, – here's the other thing. I can't say I'm going to be surprised or else I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I, so I keep having this feeling, and you never know with how trades work out and everything like that, whether it's a couple spots back in the first round or you know that top half of the second round. I think the Giants might be in a spot at 25 where whoever they would have really loved a wide receiver is gone. Maybe the top two corners, three corners they thought would be there are gone. And you get a team hungry enough to trade up for that fifth-year option in Hendon Hooker, and the Giants trade back slightly. And then thus, that's how they end up with a John Michael Schmitz as their first pick at center. And we end up with maybe an extra two-plus in that scenario. And then the Giants kind of collect and basically walk out of this with multiple second-rounders type of players instead of the slam-dunk first-rounder at 25. I can definitely see that happening. And, and pick 25 like has been traded a lot. I can't remember who said that. Um, like the last few years, it's like pick 25 has been traded like last year, maybe not, but anyway, that's, that's where you see the draft day trades. I know like the, the Panthers and bears trades are the ones that get your, your attention, but like pick 22 to 30 is where you see a lot of that action happen. Yeah. So I can definitely, because the giants have so many needs, like, so that's why I can see that happening. And like you said, getting yourself a John Michael Smith's and then, you know, getting yourself a wide receiver that you like in that early second round or a like a corner, like get a, you know, go center corner. And then we're looking like some wide receiver value guys in the third round. So, or late second. So they'd have more picks. I want to close with this. Cause you just did a great podcast with Nick Filato, who obviously does a great job breaking down all the film. I recommend everybody to go to Spotify, anywhere podcasts are available. Check out Chalk, talking giants. Um, how did you title it? The mid, the mid rounds, mid round draft of, prospects, mid round draft prospects. And you guys hit on a guy that I was always fascinated with this year, frankly, betting on sec games uh, and obviously seeing him get hurt. And that was Tillman out of Tennessee as well, which yeah. I think could honestly, he feels like a giant written all over it. I think that might be the guy when you guys look back on that podcast, if everybody's freaking out about the giants, not taking a, a, a wide receiver in the first round, I think he fits the mold of a lot of what the giants are going to look at and what they need at the wide receiver position. I forgot to mention yeah, he's, that. A bi- he's a big guy with some size. Like he had a thousand yard season in 2021 and then missed some games in 2022. Like that could definitely be a fit. And we've seen, where that those type of offenses can be a little scary to draft from. We've seen the Giants or we saw the Bills draft Gabe Davis from that exact same offense that Josh Heupel ran when he was at UCF. So um, I could definitely see that being a guy in, in round three. So that's why, like we, like I said, Zay Flowers could be like the, the most likely pick at twenty five to me. But you can also see like, hey, we're just going to try and grab a wide receiver in the third round and address other needs. Like we'll, we we got Waller, we got Campbell, we can live with what we got for a year. Bobby, where can everybody get your coverage and tell us what you got planned at Talking Giants and the John Boy Football Channel? Everything you got coming up. This is obviously a huge month for football fans and Giant fans alike. Yeah, just follow me at Bobby Skinner underscore. You'll probably you'll see most of the stuff we're doing. Draft film breakdowns, draft podcasts, uh, and then draft day. You know, for the draft, we're recapping everything, giving you film on every Giants pick, and then we're live streaming the entire draft too. So I think it's like I think it ends up like turning into like 17 to 18 hours of streaming for the draft, which is very exciting. So that's that's where you can find it. And we're not on live radio, so I won't make up some story. <laughs> yeah, Bobby has joined me plenty of times on the fan before. And look, 
It is what it is. Bobby's a big net fan. He's got the devil juices flowing. So it's going to be a big April month. I'm sure Bobby's going to be yapping up a storm. If you're a Ranger fan, if obviously you're a Nick fan or anybody other Sixers, uh, you know, check out Bobby there. And I, and also, by the way, Bobby's got his own NASCAR Twitter handle as well. Any of our listeners love that. Check out his racing stuff there as well. Uh, look, Bobby, thanks so much for joining us. I always love when I do a live chat with you. All the best. Let's go. Let's have a good, good draft month here. Let's go, Big Blue. All right. Take care, everyone. And remember, subscribe, download. Everywhere podcasts are available. Free on the Odyssey app. And check out WFAN's YouTube page as well. This is Sean Morris, and this is One Giant Step.